Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is December 6th, and our reading comes from 2nd John. Now, John, of course, is the disciple the Apostle John. He is the author of the Gospel of John, which describes the life and ministry of Jesus. He also wrote 1 John that we just covered, and he writes 2 John, and tomorrow we'll jump into 3 John. He writes all those books, and then he also writes the book of Revelation. So that's who our author is, and here's what he says beginning in verse 1. He says, I'm writing to the chosen lady and to her children. So the lady is just the church and the followers of Jesus who are a part of the church. He says, whom I love in the truth, as does everyone else who knows the truth, because the truth lives in us and will be with us forever. When we are followers of Jesus, we can't help but love the truth and to love his church. Let me just say that again. When we're following Jesus, the love of God begins filling our hearts And our love for God produces in us a love for his church. You can't say, I love God, but I don't care about the church. Just like you can't say to me, well, I love you, Alan, but I don't really like your wife. No, because I love you, Alan, I can't help but love your wife, or I can't help but love your kids, or I can't help but love some of your friends, right? So in that same way, because we love Jesus, because we love God, we cannot help but love his family. We're a part of that family. We're the children of God. So he's addressing the church, and he makes it clear that our love for God is directly correlated, related to our love for one another. Then verse three, grace, mercy, and peace. Man, we all need that, right? We all need more grace, undeserved favor. Aren't you glad that God is a gracious God? that we don't have to earn, that we don't deserve his favor, that he offers it to us, that he's gracious, right? Grace, mercy. Aren't you glad God is merciful? Aren't you glad that God, when you think back on your life, when I look back on my life, I'm so grateful for the mercy, the compassion, the patience, the faithfulness, the long-suffering of God. And then peace, man, in a world that is so chaotic, where there seems to be so many things we could be worried about and anxious about. We have a supernatural peace. Why? Because we know God holds our future. Grace, mercy, And peace. Verse 4, how happy I was to meet some of your children, other church members, that is, and find them living according to the truth, just as the Father commanded. Now watch this. Verse 5, I'm writing to remind you, dear friends, and this is always John's message, right? Remember, he's the disciple whom Jesus loved. Here's what he says. You should love one another. He said, this is not a new commandment, but one we've had from the beginning. Love means doing what God commanded us, and he has commanded us to love one another, just as you heard from the beginning. So you remember when that attorney, that expert in the law, asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? What did Jesus say? He said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, 
and strength. And of course, he's quoting from, from Deuteronomy. And then he says, but the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. In other words, if you get these two laws right, everything else takes care of itself because all of the other laws are simply an expression of love. You ever thought about that? Every rule, every law in the Bible is simply a rule that is designed to help me know what it means, what it looks like, how I am to love other people or to love God. And so Jesus says, if you'll love God and you'll love each other, well, you'll keep all my commands. Those things kind of, they're the same. The law and love are the same. The law is simply an expression or a practical application of love. And so Jesus is saying, rather than focused on trying to necessarily memorize all the laws, let's focus on loving God and loving each other. And John emphasizes that over and over again in his writing. Verse 7, I say this because many deceivers have gone out into the world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. So John is very concerned that in the early church, people were getting confused about the identity of Jesus. And the truth is, truth is that's still an issue today. A lot of people think Jesus was just a good person or Jesus was a, a religious leader or Jesus was a teacher or some people think, well, Jesus was a, a myth. The life and ministry of Jesus kind of made up like Greek mythology or something. But what John wants everybody to understand, and this is so crucial to our faith, is that no, Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, our Savior. Jesus is the God-man. He is God who took on human flesh. He has existed from all time, but he was born into history in a manger to Mary. That's what Christmas is all about, right? And John wants us to, to be clear about the person and identity of Jesus. Why is that so important? Because our faith rests on the person and identity in Jesus. If Jesus is not who he claimed to be, then he could not do what he came to do. His work is dependent on his identity. So his work of being a sacrifice and a substitute paying for the sin of, of mankind and making salvation available to us and bringing us into his family, all of that was dependent upon Jesus being a man and Jesus being God. So he's the God man, 100% God and 100% man. And John wants to make sure we're not confused about his identity, because our salvation is dependent on that identity. And not just our eternal salvation, but our relationship with God today is dependent on the identity and the work of Christ. Because the identity and work of Christ doesn't just give us a pass for heaven when we die. It's that it's the work of Christ that invites us into a relationship with God today. And that makes all the benefits 
of a relationship with God available to us right now here today. So John just wants to make sure that we're not unclear about who Jesus was and all that he came to accomplish. And watch this, verse 10. He says, if anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, well, don't invite that person into your home. Or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. Now, wait a minute. First of all, John said we got to love each other. And now he says if somebody shows up at your meeting and doesn't teach the truth, don't invite that person into your home. Don't affirm their message. So which is it? Do we love Or do we discipline? Well, actually, I think John would say discipline is an act, an expression of love. And the other thing just to note is that John is not saying that we should relate this this way to an outsider, to an unbeliever, to a sinner. He's saying when a person claims to be a believer and in your church is teaching, so they're in a position of, a, of authority, they're a teacher, and yet they're not teaching the truth. Those people are held to a higher standard, and they need to be dealt with accordingly. And if we embrace that person and embrace and affirm their message, then we're potentially misleading or allowing the entire church body to be misled. And so John says, don't make that mistake. We have a responsibility to love and serve a lost world. And we see Jesus doing this all the time. People that were immoral, people that were rebellious, people that were totally secular. And Jesus loves and serves them. But with the religious community who had the truth, who had grown up in the word and should have known better. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious community, he's much harsher in his treatment of them because they should know the truth. And not only did they not know the truth, but they're misleading people, the Jewish people. And so Jesus was was pretty harsh with them. And so that same thing applies to us. We want to love people, but those who are in a position of authority, those who are a teacher, those who should know the truth, we have to hold them to a higher standard. Now, this is so important to understand, too. When you think about theology, which is simply the study of of God and who God is, and, and when we think about what the Bible teaches about ethics and morality and what the Bible teaches about culture, there's lots of things in the Bible that we don't have to necessarily agree on, that we might see differently. Let me give you a great example of that. In times, right, everybody doesn't agree whether the church will be raptured before the tribulation or during the tribulation or after the tribulation. Everybody doesn't agree whether there's going to be a thousand-year reign or whether we're in the millennium now. There are all kinds of things like that about end times that people don't agree about. And we can disagree. We can argue. We can try to understand. But those kinds of issues are not as essential and central, foundational, fundamental to our faith as the person and the ministry of Jesus. So we have to be careful. John's not saying that we have to nail down and make sure everybody agrees on every single theological point. 
But what he is saying is we've got to agree on who the person, who Jesus is and what he came to do. Because our entire theology, our entire faith, our entire future, our life, our eternity, all rest on the person and the work of Jesus. Well, let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this word. God, I pray for every person listening that you would give us all more grace, more mercy, more peace today. God, I pray that you'd increase our capacity to love one another. I pray that we would be overwhelmed as we grow in our understanding of your love for us, and that would empower us to love you and to love each other well. God, I pray that you would deepen our understanding of the truth. We're so grateful for Jesus, who was God and man, who came to make salvation available to us. And God, I pray that in a, in a pluralistic culture, that we wouldn't lose sight of who Jesus is, because our life, our salvation, our relationship with God is dependent upon his life and ministry. So God, help us to embrace and to understand that truth and that the church would be a place that teaches the truth. You said, if we know the truth, that the truth would set us free and that you would lead us into all truth. So God, we trust you to do that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thanks for being with me again today. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.